0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizell, also known as Jail Dude, and on Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TBTL, but this is the Friday show where we have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play their favorite segment in TBTL history or one of them. We're getting to the point really where uh, people are having to go to their backups, but that's okay. We want to get on... As many of you as we can, and get your stories um, I can't do it all by myself in Austin, so joining me tonight from Dallas is Meredith Mayhan hello Meredith hey Mike I won't run through all your nicknames like Luke does with Andrew uh, you have nearly as many <laughs> yeah I as, do. as Andrew at this point uh, also joining us from Dallas is our guest and the lady who is our host for the 2000th episode. And I'm so glad I said that right. Ashley Gilliam. Hello, Ashley. Hi. So nice to have you. We've been after you for a while, but you're a little shy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a little bit intimidating or frightening or terrible or any of the above.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You listen to all the shows. You know, we're not going to hurt you. I know.
1: No, I know. I know. I know.
0: All right. Um, Before we get into uh, our interview with Ashley there's uh just one thing we must discuss and then we'll we'll get to her with her clip. We'll tell you how to get get involved later and we'll do a little housekeeping of course. Uh what we must discuss I know Bobby is making plans to go to uh Seattle soon and there will be an LRB meetup with uh Bobby and Christy and and the gang. I know the last one uh was a was a blast at the Mandarin Gate. Uh, I, I got passed around there a video chat. It was a lot of fun for my 10 minutes there, but I know they have, they had even more fun because they were actually there. But, uh, one of our LRB, one of our Wagoneers, Ruby, uh, she is having a karaoke event and it's going to be a Tuesday, March 1st, which, um, that is next Tuesday, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
0: I think it is. So you're getting this on Friday. Uh, so you have plenty of time to go to the Stens page. It's the pinned post and just, Mark yourself as interested, and it's at the Hula Hula at 8 o'clock in Seattle. And so far, uh, Ruby and six other people have signed up, and let's try to um, get those numbers up. I'm sure, sure it'll be a good time and good chance to practice for what is probably going to be a karaoke event when Bobby comes to town. Um, Ashley. Yes. All right. Tell – I mean, we're going to – Meredith will put you through your paces, do all the do all that 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 stuff but um what g- give us your story where are you from where did you go to school what are you doing now and and then then we'll get into that tbtl nonsense i, I want to know about you okay <laughs>
1: i'm born and raised in dallas i did live in kansas for a year and florida for a year and a half which were both tragic <laughs> um,
0: did you get lured away somehow by by a job, a money, a man, a woman? A man,
1: of course. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I've taught biology for twelve years. Um and now I am doing uh instructional technology coaching and um training for teachers. So they come to you know, understand how technology can be integrated in their classroom. So that's what I do on a daily basis. Mm. Um what else did you ask? <laughs>
0: Where did you go to school?
1: Oh, I grew up in Dallas, like I said. Um I went to school, I went to um college at uh UNT.
0: Oh, that's oh. where uh Cullen goes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're a, a Mean Green. You're an yes, Eagle. Yes, I am
1: a Mean Green. You are correct. <laughs>
0: well, that's great. I
2: have a I have a Mean Green leash for my dog now. Really? Yeah. Cullen, yeah, Cullen gave it to me. It was so sweet. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, Meredith gave Cullen uh rides to and from the mega bus yes. a couple times uh, when Emily was ill. And and uh, the second time I guess he brought her a uh, mean green leash for Molly yeah. the dog.
2: I brought I brought Molly with in the back seat cuz she loves to be in the car. Yeah. And I I knew, you know, I thought maybe he would like dogs, so he then thoughtfully gave us this gift the second That's time. That's so sweet. That's so nice.
0: So it's crazy about dogs. He's absolutely crazy about dogs.
1: Well, and I know you are as well because oh, you danced yeah. with uh, Izzy Woo, who is my pod dog, <laughs> sitting right next to me. Now, you have two pugs, right? I do. I have – like, Izzy Woo has been with me for 15 years. She'll be 15 Aww. in May. She's and the other so one, sweet. She's the best. And the other one is Lucy, which my mom calls Lucifer because she's a hot mess. She's trouble. Um, yeah. She is trouble, and you – you saw that on the two thousand yeah. <laughs> party. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Invite me over to your house. I, I probably will ignore the rest of the guests, but I will get intimately get to know your dogs. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, definitely that's what makes happen. me love you. <laughs> Dog that's, people. That's a,
1: that's a true sign of a, a good person. Yeah. I firmly believe that.
0: Oh, that's, that's sweet of you to say. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the 2000th episode. Wow. Uh, I was pretty drunk. A lot. Just say that. Yeah.
1: Me too. <laughs> oh, me too. Like I, I, I fell asleep in the bed, and my clothes were just piled next to the bed. So I knew <laughs> there was. I don't know what happened from the time y'all left to the time I got in bed and, and just undressed right next to it. So there's that. <laughs> I
2: don't that, really that remember was... leaving, so I don't know when we left. No, I have no idea. No idea. It was a
0: better party than a listening party because the listening, we kind of got off track on that. Yeah. We're just
2: chatting with each other. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Going back and listening to the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that. Right. Not either. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) It's hard to listen in a room with people when you aren't focused on anything. I know. Well, and a lot yeah, of people yeah. that were brand
2: new friends, like we hadn't right. met these people before, so you want to talk to them, right? Right. You don't want to just sit silently and listen to a
1: radio show. Yeah, yeah. great
2: And
0: the cheese, the cheese was amazing. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Lots of cheese.
0: Thank you so much. Between between uh, what Meredith put in front of us before we even <laughs> went out, and then, and then what you the spread that you put on. Oh my God, I, I I've I'm never quite full. Of cheese, but I was as close as (laughs) I'd probably ever get. So thanks again for doing that. That was a goal. Um, Meredith, uh, go ahead and uh, take the wheel and let's find out about Ashley's involvement with the show.
2: All right, Ashley, it's time for your TBTL
1: interview. Okay.
2: Do you want to tell us about your first episode of TBTL?
1: Um, I had to do some research for that. Um, I remembered that I started listening right when Luke and Carrie were married. Okay. So, so that's not too long ago. No. So I Googled the date, <laughs> which was May twenty thirteen. And then I went back and remembered like like Golf Man was around mm-hmm. that time and Tour de Terrible. Um and Jen was still checking in at that time. So I I knew about her, but I didn't know the history of it. So, so it's how about, did you
2: find out about TBTL then?
1: Well, like everyone else, wait, wait. Okay. Um, And I was pretty new to podcasts at the time, but I was completely addicted to Audible, like Mm -hmm. listening to stories. I thought that was the greatest thing ever because you can clean the house and listen to stories and walk the dog and listen to stories. And I I remember where I was when I found out that TBTL was five days a week because every other podcast I uh, was listening to was once a week. And I thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: Now, is it, do you find it relaxing or is it really engaging? I mean, what's your state of mind when you're listening to TBTL? Is it a background thing?
1: No. Well, it depends what's going on and what I'm doing, but it's totally engaging to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like listening to my friends have a conversation that I'm just not involved in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just- no pressure.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have to be funny because they can be funny for me. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, um, I love it. I could listen, I've listened to it for, I've literally listened to TBTL for solely for days, maybe weeks. And I, and Christy pointed out in an email to me, like, are you normal? Like, do you have a problem with this? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Maybe, I'm not sure. That's
2: because you are archivist. Historia 10, gold star, number one, right. the best, 14 weeks at this point. Have I You've done 14 done. weeks? Yes, you
1: have. Oh my gosh, because I just emailed Christy and I'm like, this last week took me a month. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That's pathetic. She just I'm embarrassed.
2: No, you're not pathetic at all. She just looked it up because she was like, I have to put this in the show notes.
1: So oh, that's what she put I had
2: no idea.
0: weeks. I know it's amazing. I'm
1: halfway to cheese. Wait, no, is cheese thirty or forty?
0: That's forty. But okay. Well, you know, you're in Dallas. Uh, I guess, I guess I could uh, thirty weeks maybe for you.
1: Okay. okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I'm on it, but then I can't submit it because of the new whatnot.
0: Oh yeah, there's so a lot just, going on.
1: Yeah. I'll have to just keep them and just keep asking Christy for more weeks but not like reveal that I've done anything.
0: When you ask for weeks, um, do you ask for certain eras or do you just get Mm-mm. what you get?
1: No, I get what I get and it was so, it's so funny. Um, I can archive and do other things like clean the house or – what. I can't work and archive but I can archive mm-hmm. and like clean out my closet because I'll just put my laptop on the shelf and like just – Back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, I'm really great at multitasking, apparently. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, do you remember,
2: was there an episode or a moment or a segment or something that turned you into a 10?
1: Well, I thought about this question a lot. And honestly, it was going back to day one and listening to all the what I call gen episodes. That is what turned me into a 10.
2: So have you gone back to like their first radio days?
1: Yes. Okay. And the first time I did that, Luke, like there's stories about Luke being so quiet and not energetic. And I, the first time I went back, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't listen to this. And mm-hmm. just like went forward a couple, it's pretty I don't rough know at first. Yeah. yeah. And then I went back and I said, okay, I can do this. And I did it from the beginning. I think I'm in July of 2011 at this point. As far as listening back from day one, mm-hmm. that's I where was I'm thinking point.
0: about the the energy level that he had on those first few nights, and I think it came from a place of NPR. Right, um, he had he had not ha- hosted a, a radio show or done a lot of like uh, like high energy.
3: Mm-hmm. Work and he, he wasn't into speaking. you know
0: yeah. his corporate gigs and all that stuff yet. He was just a guy who was an NPR reporter, right? And now he has a show, mm-hmm. and you really hear now when he starts a show. I mean, we're two thousand sixty episodes in. When he starts a show, you can hear the smile in his voice and you can feel the energy. But back then, he hadn't developed that yet. Right? Wow.
1: Like I said, the first time I was like, "Oh, I can't do this. This is yeah. This <laughs> is not what I was expecting." <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I think I I lucked out because I. I think I was tipped off to it and I started listening about 10 shows in eight, nine, 10 shows in, and they were kind of hitting, uh, by oh, then yeah. they started to hit. Yeah. You know, like the, the one that we were talking about with Bob, that was yes. like the 10th mm-hmm. episode. Yes. And they it didn't were, take them very long. They it? were having a good time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They got the groove pretty quickly. And it's, I mean, that was ma- like those episodes that the, the radio shows with Jen are magical to me. I mean, no offense to Andrew. I'm not, that's apples and oranges. Right. Um, but those are just—they're magical.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they great. were. I—I th- I mean, I think a lot of tons would would agree with you. Mm-hmm. It is very different. Yeah. Okay. H- have you ever had any TV show appearances? Any emails or voicemails or anything?
1: Um, it was the Luke, it was Luke singing uh, "Wind Beneath My Wings." Someone <laughs> left a voicemail, and I did not do it. But somebody left a voicemail of Luke singing "Wind Beneath My Wings," and I had just listened. <laughs> Just listened like a week ago, like a week um, in in that time, a week previous Mm -hmm. to um, this episode where he did like a promo for, I don't remember, I can't remember what it was for, like AT&T or like giving an ode to a sponsor. I can't remember the sponsor. And he sang Wind Beneath My Wings. I'm like, that is you. Like, how does a person not understand, like, how does a person not recognize their own voice? (laughs) Singing. It was very
2: clearly him.
1: It was I mean. totally him. Yeah. Um, and so I was cringing on that episode, and I was like, "Okay, I've got to go back and find out when it was." And that's kind of my moment of stardom.
2: So I you suppose. wrote in and said, "Dude, mm-hmm. that was you," mm-hmm. okay. and like, read that. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: here it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. Is that yeah? You just show him.
1: Yeah, and I remember this is so funny. I was listening to the episode, and I was painting my nails, and. It's clear nail no polish, but I was listening to it and they read what or, you know, said what I had written in about, and I just started shaking immediately. Oh. I was so excited. Like the world stopped for just a minute. I'm like, oh my God, they said what? <laughs> oh my gosh, kind of situation. Yep. It's like, I can't even paint my nails because my hands are shaking. That's oh, nice oh yeah. yeah. I have that Aww. reaction. That's great. Yeah. Or pathetic. No, no. no we've think. Think. We all had that
2: experience. I mean, Mike <laughs> I just know. had his first email read on the show, right?
1: How did oh my you feel gosh, like <laughs> that? exactly. Just after the Bob Stein interview, and I'm like yes. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> no, was
0: perfect. Was I had an email polished? read like way back in the day, like about three months in. And I I think that the the one I wrote in last week might have been my second email. That's it. Ah. Uh,
2: wow. Well.
4: But
0: I don't write that much. I don't write them that much. I, I don't want to bore them because I have a lot of thoughts.
2: <laughs> well, that's why this podcast exists. So you
0: right. don't have to. That's right. right. I can get it all out here and not just bother them with emails and texts at all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you said this, you know, that kind of bullshit. <laughs> that's true.
2: All right, Ashley, why does T V tell matter to you?
1: Oh, now I know this was coming. I knew this was coming. Of course. And... I've tried to come up with something eloquent and I just really can't. And the bottom line is that like TBTL is my favorite thing. Like it's my favorite thing. I've listened to it for solely for days, maybe weeks. Um I just love it. I just I just I can't get enough of it.
0: One thing you're saying earlier, Ashley, is that it was like hearing your uh, friends have a conversation and yeah. there's no pressure to be involved. Uh, what it put me in mind of was when I was a little kid, my brother's five years older than me. Um, I had cousins that were, I think like three and six years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I was a little kid and my cousins, I just remember how funny they were. Right. I yeah. I would, mm-hmm. um, I could get Maybe half of their jokes, and the, those jokes that I got were so funny that I was sure that the rest of the jokes that they were making right. had to be funny. Right. But there was no pressure on me because I'm like seven, you know, to be oh. Mr. Witty Repartee, and I remember enjoying that time so much. And and that's that's kind of how I feel with TBTL sometimes. And I, I think I think you feel that as well.
1: You are that you put that perfectly. Absolutely perfectly, and what was great is going back to the old episodes and knowing where the drops came from, mm-hmm. and knowing where the inside jokes came from. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, bit that was I. I asked t- the 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 Stens page. I'm like, where did that come from?
0: Wow. <laughs> Community, we're, okay, you know, we're getting a lot um, more of that now on the Stens page and on LRB. Now that um, y'all are doing so much archiving, you know, people are like, what's the deal with the TVTL players? Oh, I saw you that know. today. That's who's, a good question. Who's Morty? Is he real?
2: Oh gosh.
1: Well, do we know who played Morty? It, yes. Oh, we do. Yes. Are yes. you
0: Chris Cashman? Is um, Pat Cashman is a Seattle uh, like comedy legend, and oh. he was on the show Almost Live, which is a a show that a skit comedy show that would go on before SNL every week. They would delay SNL for half an hour play almost live and pat cashman was one of the comedians on there and his son chris is good friends with luke in fact chris was the one who um got into the was it the pirate outfit or a chicken outfit or something oh they the pirate no
1: luke was in a pirate outfit and then somebody else was in a something or i don't know
0: yeah i think that was chris <gasps> huh so they've bonded through some dark dark times I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I listened through the what 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 is considered the the Luke dark times when he was just well, alone.
0: And and I think um the, the character of Morty came out of that because they were both oh my God. down there at a at a at an embarrassing gig. So Morty is the, the character that calls and offers all <laughs> kinds of awful embarrassing gigs. For oh, Luke,
1: that is fantastic. You were such a wealth of knowledge. Can I ask you one question? Sure, I hope I okay. can answer. So this is a weird question. <sighs> And I don't know why this came up, but I kind of archived questions – because I'm an archivist uh, – archived questions of like what I want to know about uh, TBTL. And the first – not the first one, but this one is, do Luke and Andrew – and I don't know if you can answer this again. Do Luke and Andrew give girl handshakes to girls? Like those, do you know what I mean? Like those like <laughs> stupid girl handshakes? I hope the answer is no.
0: I really hope the more answer descriptive. is no. What's the girl handshake? Oh, you, uh, Meredith, you know what yes, I mean,
2: right? I totally know what
1: you mean. It's, it's where they
2: the like take palm your hand instead of shake
1: your hand. Yeah, like they do like a, like oh. a pincer kind of.
2: They like take it as if their hand is a lobster claw and they like, right?
1: <laughs> just little, little, little like, snap. Uh, like I'll just, it, I'll just it, shake yeah. your palm and thumb. Yeah. And not your whole hand. Yeah. I don't know. I Ask don't know Emily about that. She'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And why do you need to know this? I don't know. It just, I just, <laughs> I, I have no idea. It came up on an episode and I just had a, a notes on my phone. and I was like, okay, this is what I want to know. And well, okay. okay.
2: If any ladies have met yes, them please. in person, because I haven't, I um, please report back on their handshakes to you. Please
1: let it be a normal handshake.
0: Are you asking me if they give a lady handshake to everyone or if I've witnessed them giving lady handshakes to ladies and that they give male man handshakes to (laughs) men?
1: Yes. I'm asking you a question that you can't answer, basically. Number
0: one. Well, I would have (laughs) have been looking and I say, well, how's he handling these handshakes? (laughs) Right. Like
1: you couldn't answer that. But it's just like that's the one thing I'm dying to know.
0: And I don't know why. There's
1: some lady tens out there who can answer that. Oh, and then how did you get? I'm just kind of taking over now. How did you get the nickname? <laughs> oh, no, n- name no let me let clip me cloth. answer the
0: At least as much as I know about that. Okay, the handshakes. Yes. as far as their handshakes, the, their man handshakes. I have not uh, shaken Walsh's hand. I think I hugged Walsh. Yeah, um, as you should. And and Luke has not the strongest handshake, and he has very clammy hands.
4: Ugh, <laughs> really?
0: Sorry, <laughs> sorry, ladies. Oh, oh my gosh. That's a turn off. He may have a good lady handshake. His man handshake. No, no there's no, no there's no, no lady
1: handshake. There should never be a lady handshake. No. is what okay. I'm saying. There's okay. no good lady handshake. All
0: mm-hmm. right. What else you got for me? Um, how did you get the name clip Clop? Um, clip Clop. How did I get the name? Clip-Clop? Oh, one of, um, one of the ways Emily asked me to do things is she says, could you be a lamb mm-hmm. and, and do this particular thing? <laughs> and at one point, since I moved down here, we got all hardwood floors in the house. And so she will say, could you be a lamb and go do this or bring me that? And then she'll just hear me clip clopping oh. down the hallway <laughs> doing her bidding. And That's at this fantastic. point, at this point, when she calls me, Mike, I look at her quite funny. I mean, Something's I just think wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. Like you're what in trouble or something. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, who's Mike? Where is he? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just Clip Clop now because uh, I'm a, I'm a lamb and I make a lot of noise walking down the hallway. That's All funny
1: because I remember on your birthday episode, she was like, I don't call him Mike, I call him Clip Clop. And mm-hmm.
0: that's true. That's Very amazing. True. That's Still awesome. True. you have any others?
1: Yes, I do, actually. Oh. Um, why is Isaac called the mummy?
0: Mm. He is called the mummy because uh, he's kind of a smelly guy. <laughs> he, <laughs> He doesn't have the best hygiene. Uh, he often is carrying, mm, maybe I don't want to say parasites, but oh my I think gosh, he has his own ecosystem. He's they've talked about this, you know. Oh, they um, have.
1: I didn't. I didn't. Haven't catched it. I haven't caught that yet.
0: Yeah, he, like he, the reason he does. Well, the reason he claims. He doesn't bathe is because he thinks it's healthy. He's developing, you know, all this bacteria around him that's oh, going to cocoon him oh. from, from disease. So you can imagine you're sharing a hotel with this guy. I think they were, I don't know if it was Las Vegas or somewhere, but he, it was a bunch of people sharing a hotel mm-hmm. and the mummy wanted to sleep on the bed and. I think I think it was Luke said that's not a good idea. You should sleep on the floor, you know. Let <laughs> us have the bed. You're gross or whatever. And he's he said, well, I'll just fold my hands over my chest like a mummy. And that I guess he's just been the lay here since then. Yeah, he'll just oh, lie there still because I guess I, he might be one of those guys. Like if you share a bed with with someone and. Yeah. And they have their habits and all of a sudden, you know, they've got their one arm over your shoulder and the other, you know, between your pillows. <laughs> and, and he might be one of those guys and he was trying to say, No, I'm not tonight. I'm not gonna snuggle you if you get in this hotel, oh. hotel bed with me. So that's where the mummy comes from.
1: Oh, and he's the one that builds the tiny houses, right?
0: Yeah, he's the mm-hmm. one who leans a bunch of boards against the side of your house and, and runs an extension cord out of your oh,
1: well, I was about to say like, we need to do like a tenville like a, a tiny houses, like Tenville. all the tens yeah. get tiny houses and live in a little area together.
0: I would love that. I would too. As
2: a
1: retirement community. Absolutely. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: You have any other questions while you have us?
1: Well, one, well, I have two more. Um, okay. So why is Ken the spider, DeTorey called the spider? Huh? I don't. It's it's hasn't been explained. I mean, I've been through radio days, so I don't know why it is. Maybe you, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Oh,
0: uh, I it's it's deep in there. I oh is I, it? I know it, but I I've forgotten it. It's something about something about something he wore to an event. I mean, they came oh. out to the roller skating party.
1: Oh, did they really? His parents, John's parents? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because they oh. live very close to there, and they came out for that. But I can't remember if he was wearing a Spider Man shirt or something. I don't know. I'll get sharp shot. Somebody out there knows. Somebody out there will oh, remember. Fantastic. Somebody's archived. Because uh, it, it was explained. Oh, it, it was? Came. Yeah, I think so. It, it wasn't just all of a sudden I'm calling your dad Spider. You know? <laughs> right? there's, there's just, there was something. It wasn't. It wasn't like strong, you know. I'm but, sure
2: you'll come across it eventually. Yeah, oh, this is fantastic. This one. is
1: like my foray, my foray to get my, all my questions explained. <laughs> I have one more question. Sure. And what is the best order at Taco Time? Now I remember Bobby's order, mm-hmm. but I'm confused by the definition of like taquito and burrito because they don't seem to be the same as Texas as they are yeah. in Seattle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the, not
1: surprising.
0: The, the item that Emily got hooked on when she came up chicken with burritos, me right for the summer, uh, crispy. Uh, crispy chicken burrito yes yes yeah. um it's not a burrito it's a flauta really. okay okay uh, that makes me feel I better I don't think anybody in Seattle 30 years ago had ever heard of a flauta so <laughs> right. that's when they came up with all these names it's just a deep fried item and it's really good but that's not that's not my particular jam I like uh like a chicken soft taco which is it's because this is taco time. It's basically a burrito, but what? it's called a chicken soft taco. Okay, and Mexi fries, uh, some Southwest sauce, and a lot of their slurry, which is you know their hot sauce. Okay, and that's the way I would go. Bobby would add to that because Bobby's a prodigious eater. He 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 would order that and also throw in a crispy chicken burrito, and I think there's something else he gets. Too, but um, boy, that 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 man can eat. I tell you what, it's <laughs> I can amazing.
1: too. Yeah, and that 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 was all my wagon ears want to know. Kind of list.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, Camaro. Sorry Kev to will hijack. T- no, <laughs> no, no, no. Camaro Kev will actually tell you. He'll direct you to oh, particular Kev. Taco Time locations. Oh, right, right. That's because, the other thing. Uh, there are there are some some folks at the like the one that we went to on. Uh, Kevin's recommendation, last time I was up there for the Mariners game, um, it was the one in downtown Kent because uh, Camaro Kev, and he's right, said that they have a very deft hand at the fryer.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I remember that. I totally remember that.
0: Yeah, so if, if you need to – if anybody ever needs any talk or time advice, Camaro Kev will gladly stop his life for 10 minutes and and tell you, and he will also uh, make you watch a Def Leppard concert video probably.
2: Good. I'm taking notes. I'm going to be there in July. Oh, are you? Oh, yes. Yes. Fantastic.
0: So, for I've Christy's wedding.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. She's marrying some oh, dude. Oh, everybody is invited, really right? Approach, like everybody yeah. is invited. You get
0: there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ugh. We're still hoping to, Emily and I. We're not sure yet. but
1: We're just not quite sure
2: yet. We're not, not quite, quite sure yet. Sure yet. Okay. Uh, so the last question, which you've already sort of answered, but I guess you can formally answer it, is what do you do while you're listening to TBTL?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I kind of have the Luke disease, if, for lack of a better word, like I can't stand silence. And Mm -hmm. back in the day, I used to come home and turn the TV on, just whatever it was. And so if I'm not in a conversation with another person or watching TV, which I don't – like I do on – I have a TV and I have plenty of stuff to watch, but I don't do it like on a weekly – I mean a daily basis. But um, Or if I'm sleeping, I'm listening to something. Like my earbuds are in all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, that my listening habits make me suitable for um archiving, <laughs> so i 'm always listening to something always i'm the
0: same way i 'm so afraid of my own thoughts i yeah, i, don't I want just
1: them. i don't i can't i can't do silence, and that's <laughs> maybe I should do like a week without a podcast, oh my God, I would go crazy no, i can 't even imagine what that would be like.
0: Uh, you'd become self aware. You'd you you might improve your life. You don't want to do that. No, uh, I'm, I'm staying away. I'm avoiding it like the plague. Yeah,
1: we're, no. we're
2: harnessing your powers. Yeah. with the uh, with the archive project. So yeah, that's fine. That's totally right. fine. <laughs> that's true.
0: All right. Uh, the clip that you've chosen is uh, <laughs> Davy Rothbart. Um, can you just? I'll let you set up this clip. This is the, probably the strangest clip that anyone's brought <laughs> Sorry. to the show. <laughs> No, 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 it's don't, fantastic, don't apologize. but it's it really is- hard to explain, and you've probably thought about it more than I have.
1: It is hard to explain, and by the way, I've gotten the—I I have the backstory on how this whole thing came to be. Oh um, shoot! Oh yeah, I'm—I'm I'm an archivist, like I'm not going to get to the bottom of things. Um, <laughs> this clip came to Davy. I think he said, "I don't remember what the year was," but it's a. A clip of two kind of rocker dudes talking, and one one is named Kurt and the other is Derek. And Kurt works in a record store, and Derek is a heavy metal slash satanic. Uh, how how do you describe that? Satanic metal or something like a death metal? Death metal, maybe fan. And Kurt records their conversations, and it is. It's nothing like you've ever. It, you couldn't eavesdrop on a conversation better
0: than this. It is pretty amazing, and Davy Rothbart is the one who brought it. What's his? Um, he's found
1: got, Magazine,
0: right? Found Magazine. Mm-hmm. And so this is a piece of found audio that he uh, came onto TBTL to share, and we are going to play it uh, right now. So here you go.
3: As you hear this, I am uh, most likely making my way down to San Francisco where I will be taking part in the uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me program heard this weekend on your finer public radio stations. Before I left, though, I wanted to share something with you um, that I heard recently online, and this brought a flood of memories back for me, memories from uh, growing up in Seattle in the 1980s and the 90s. And what it was was a secretly recorded phone conversation from Seattle, recorded over 20 years ago.
5: I'm asking for Terry to, look, to give me the 20 bucks that I paid for the bolt cutters, man. And, and, uh, and he won't even give it to me. So I'm just going to beat him down. For real? For reals. I, I mean, it, I'm going to tell you straight up. From second grade to right now, i fought this guy about 200 times. Really? Literally. And I've lost three of those times. I've put this motherfucker in in the hospital before. I mean, it's not a problem. I will beat him senseless.
3: The dudes um, in this tape, and by the way, this is one of those times when dudes is completely the appropriate uh, terminology. The dudes in this tape were named Kurt and Derek, and that is pretty much all that I know about them. Um, But I know that the tape was unearthed by my buddy Davey Rothbart over at Found Magazine, and so I called him up this week to try to learn more of the story of these guys.
6: You know, it's, it's so awesome to be able to share this tape with people now in the first place because I first heard this thing 10 years ago and I've kind of been obsessed with it literally for 10 years. And, um, yeah, it, so it's a guy who works at a record store and, and this is just what I've gathered from listening to the original tape. Um, it's a guy at a record store named Kurt and then his sort of metal-obsessed friend, Derek, and I was in Houston, Texas doing one of our Found Magazine shows about 10 years ago and our friend Carlos gave us this tape and he just kind of pressed it into my hand as we were about to hit the road the next day and he just said, listen to this thing and I think, I think you're going to like it. And it's this phone, co- a series of phone conversations between these two guys and it seems like maybe the guy at the record store had either purposefully recorded this conversation because he thought Derek was such an interesting guy or maybe Derek had called and kind of answering machine and happened to pick it up. This tape had been shared. you know, It, it was copied and recopied over and over for mostly like indie touring bands. My <laughs> friend Nick Sorburn, he, he's in the band the, Unic- the Unicorns. And when I told him that we were putting this online as like an animated series um, with the, the Derek tapes, he, his mind was blown just because he had listened to it so many times over the years. I know the Arcade Fire guys, um, any punk band or indie band that was, traveling around the country in the late in the 90s or, you know, the last 15, 20 years has usually some someone somewhere has given them a copy of this tape. <laughs> it was only kind of a secret thing. Nobody really knew that where it really originated. Nobody knew who the actual Derek and Kurt were. It was just, you know, these two guys were out there. And, and like you said, they kind of reminded everybody of people they'd known growing up. And so you know, I, I still have no idea who the actual Derek and Kurt are, but this found tape, has just, it? I, I think the reason I've become so consumed with it is because through this insane conversation, which we're going to share <laughs> some of, um, you, you get this really fascinating sense of who this Derek guy is. And he has some bizarre obsessions, as, as we'll find out. Um, he has bolt cutters that need to be registered with the FBI. He's, uh, you know, he's got this Crazy roommate who he's fought two hundred times.
3: Um, he <laughs> only lost only lost satan- three times.
6: He's only lost three times. He loves satanic metal, but he's also these as he's kind of ranting and raging on. You, you can't help but come to kind of love Derek. Oh. Hello? Derek,
5: yes. What's up, dude? Who's that? Oh, Kurt. Hold on one second. Okay. All right. Hello?
7: Hey, bud. Bro! What's up? Dude, what's up? Hey. Hey! Fuck, my phone's fucking up. Hey, did you get the boot off? Dude! Mission accomplished. No way. Gnarly. What are you going to do if the cops show up?
5: Dude, I don't know. Oh, dude, let me tell you what happened. What happened? Broad daylight, I break out. Imagine standing up, right? Uh-huh. These bolt cutters were were half my height, bro. For real? For real. From the, from from my foot, they went up to like right below my armpit. Holy fuck! <laughs> they were so gnarly. These bolt cutters had to have bolt cutters this big have to be registered with the FBI to own them.
7: <laughs> Holy fuck!
5: Seriously, I had a friend of mine. Well, I told you about my friend down at the U-Haul. Yeah. They they need those locks because the, the the government goes into those storage places uh, frequently, you know? Yeah. And sometimes people, they auction off the shit, or if they think this guy's a drug dealer, they'll go in, you know, and they, they need the bolt cutters there, so that's how they were authorized to have these big motherfuckers.
7: Right.
5: So I called my bro, he gave me a ride down there. These fucking things went, like, right below my armpit. They were that gnarly.
7: <laughs> Holy shit. So, so, right? So
5: I'm cruising down the street in broad daylight with these fucking, with these, uh, With these, uh, this fucking, uh, these bolt cutters, like, slung over my shoulder, you know, like I'm carrying some skis or something? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Gnarly, dude. Broaddale. Didn't, God damn it! just a second. So I just told this motherfucker I was going to beat him down. Hello? Hey. Dude, I just told this motherfucker I was going to beat him down. Who? I'm asking for Terry to look, to give me the 20 bucks that I paid for the bolt cutters, man. And, and, uh, and he won't even give it to me. So I'm just going to beat him down. For real? For reals. I go get your pussy motherfucking ass over here, I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass straight out.
7: No way. Yeah. Who was that?
5: His name's Terry, man. He parked in my, listen to what happened. He parked in my spot last night,
7: okay? You told me about that, and his fucking parents bought him his fucking car. Oh,
5: the whole thing, the whole thing. And he's all nodding out on the couch, so he doesn't want to move his truck,
7: okay? Is he a big heroin user?
5: Yeah. I don't care. No so, man, I'm going to beat him down. I go, get your motherfucking ass over here right now. I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass, man. Straight out. He goes, I'll get there when I get there. I go, fuck you, pussy, motherfucker. Get over here right now. I'm fucking out. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm going to beat him down. That's all there is to it. The guy parks in my fucking spot. I got to park out in the street, okay? And this motherfucker, and, and I broke laws, dude. I mean, I, fuck, who knows what's going to happen to me because I'm doing this shit. I'll probably end up going to jail, right? And all I'm asking for is the twenty bucks that I paid t- to get my fuck- to get these bolt cutters, man. These bolt cutters didn't come free.
7: And he won't do it.
5: And he won't do it. He said I think you're wrong. And I didn't even want to get into the ex- explanation thing about how I'm not wrong. I just said okay, then I'm gonna beat your motherfucking ass, get your pussy motherfucker out. I'm just come on over right now. I'm just gonna work him. I mean I'm really gonna hurt the motherfucker bad. <laughs> yeah. Fr- when I see him, I'm just gonna say, hey, dude. No, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm
7: just going to beat him down. Do you so consider obviously. him a friend? What? Do you consider him a friend? I've known this guy since second grade. Really? Yeah. Maybe you should, like, cool out for a little bit and then t- try to talk to the guy some more, you know? What's the, the point? It seems like the guy's got the money, you know? What's the point? Yeah, but he spends it all on drugs. Why should he, is he going to give me 20 bucks, man, when he, when he can send, spend that same money on crack? So you drove up, he's in your spot, he won't move, you get booted because of it, and he won't pay you for a fucking pair of bowl cutters. Exactly. That's fucking retarded. Oh, it's, it's beyond, dude, I'm, I didn't even want to get into that. I'm beating
5: him down. Dollars too, that's who was on the other line. I just lost my mind. I was screaming. Just get your motherfucking ass over here. I, I mean, it, I'm going to tell you straight up, From second grade to right now, i fought this guy about 200 times. Really? Literally. And I've lost three of those times. I've put this motherfucker in in the hospital before. I mean, it's not a problem. I will beat him senseless. I mean, I'll destroy the motherfucker. All he got out of his mouth was, and you want me to pay the 20 bucks? I said, yeah, bro. I said, listen, I broke laws because of you. Kurt, I got chased by the police, man, today because of this shit.
7: No way.
5: Dude, that's what I was about to get into the story about what fucking happened.
3: Um, how, uh, how long did it take to animate these, uh, these things? Because that's, that's actually one of the most, people here on TV show, you're hearing the audio, but, but you really need to go to, to the found website or go to the daily motion site to watch the animation because it adds so much to it. How long was that process?
6: It, it, it took, I believe several months. Um, so found magazine has teamed up with this company in Ann Arbor, Michigan, our, our headquarters, um, Quack Media. And Anna Stasek is a young animator who works for Quack. And, you know, me and Al McWilliams from Quack, we kind of shared it with Anna, and her eyes kind of got all big and wide, and she was like, I think I know what I want to do here. And, you know, while she was doing her regular work, she'd stay late at night and just work and putting this together. But, I mean, you know, it's a a lot of animation, um, especially when you're talking about, you know, 35 minutes, something like that of material.
3: But, um, she, but but she's drawn but she's drawn adds. Derek as, like, the image of Derek that I have in my mind is exactly the way she's rendered him with this kind of long, blonde, rocker hair. The other guy, the guy that works at the record store, Kurt, the slightly more calm one, he's kind of got maybe sort of shorter hair. He's just less of a maniac. But, but we don't actually know what these guys look like, right? This is just her imagination of what these guys look like.
6: Exactly. I think she nailed it to you. Um, but, yeah, who, who knows what they really look like? But I just love both. You know, just how just the tone of the animations, you know, they, they do add they do add to it because they're they're kind of whimsical, but they're also kind of edgy and punk rock. And uh, and then there's just little visual jokes he's made in the animations, you know, when <laughs> when, uh, you know, just just to see those bolt cutters and see <laughs> him, you know, in broad daylight <laughs> trying to escape the cops with his bolt cutters, you know. It's, it's, it's awesome to see it brought to life you know, in, as an animation.
3: All right, let's listen to uh, section number two of the Derek Tapes, again, courtesy of Found Magazine and Quack Media. Um, this is where uh, Derek starts to get into, among other things, the story of actually getting the boot off of his car, which we've now established should have never been out there in the street, if not for this other guy stealing his parking spot. Uh, take a listen to this.
5: I fucking snapped the lock on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, on the thing, right?
7: On the boot, yeah.
5: Made the gnarliest sound, dude. It was fucking crazy, bro. I summoned the power of all the gods, dude. I mean, it took every ounce of my strength to get this fucking lock off, man. Gnarly. And, uh, fucking made the gnarly sound, dude. I threw the bolt cutters in the front seat, threw the fucking, uh, I took the boot off through the boot in in my trunk, and got in my car and bolted, dude. Fucking a cop. Fucking hooks a left, coming straight at me. I'm all, damn, I take my hat off. I cruise. I hook a right. Homie hooks a yui. Turns back around, follows me. I go zigzagging all throughout all these streets. I hide in this fucking parking lot and hide up. Homie drives right by me. No way. Dude, it was so gnarly, man. <laughs> if I would have gotten busted with these bolt cutters, dude, I would have gone down, bro, big time. And the guy that had uh, given me the bolt cutters would have seriously gone down. His boss would have said, hey, man, where's these bolt cutters at? Well, uh, uh, you know, it takes a lot of shit just to be able to get bolt cutters like that. And he would have lost his fucking job, man. So I was like, damn, dude. So I bolted, got away, man, fucking went, returned the bolt cutters, came back.
7: Dude, you've gotten fights with police before, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, you got a fucking warrant for your arrest for, like, assaulting a cop in, where was it? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Fuck, man. You better be careful.
5: This is Sam, dude. I-, I swear to God I'm going to go off. Just a second. I'm just going to work the motherfucker. I mean, that's all there is to it. Was that him? No. Fuck no.
7: Fuck, man. I-, I wish it was, man. At least you got it off, man. You know what you should do? What? Take? Uh, are the bow cutters returned? Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, I-,
5: I don't know. But bottom
7: line is, I'm going to get in some shit for this.
5: You know, straight out. And all I want... Is the 20 bucks I paid for them bolt cutters. Eventually, me taking this log off is another charge, is another crime. Is it? Fuck yeah. Where's my stink? Where's my oh, here it is. This is it right here. Warning, do not move this vehicle. I mean, there you have it, Dan. You know, that's, that's tampering with government property. Fuck them. Yeah, well, I know that, but my point is this. All my point is, is this, fine, that's cool, look, we'll, we'll be friends for life, dude. All I want is the 20 bucks I paid for the bolt cutters to get the motherfucker off. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just straight up. And, uh, and, and it, what if I wasn't able to get it off? Then I would just beat him and it, there wouldn't even be a discussion. But, but, but no, man, I was able to get the car, uh, you know, the, the boot off, thank God, and all I want is the 20 bucks that it cost me. Not to mention all day stressing out, right? And the motherfucker says, no, that's, you're wrong. I'm going to beat your fucking face in. Just, where are you? Come the fuck over right now. I mean, when he arrives in the pad, dude, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to, dude, oh, my God, it's not even going to be funny. Does he live there? Yeah, he lives here. Holy fuck, man. No, oh, it's not even going to be funny, dude. It's not even going to be funny. I mean, I'll kill him, maybe. Seriously. I'm, no, I'm going to. I'm, I might actually. I'm gonna, I wish the motherfucker would hurry up and get the fuck on over here
7: because he don't know what's up with me. Dude, don't fucking like try to cool off a little bit maybe.
3: You know one of the things Davey that is now going to happen as a result of these tapes and me hearing them is <clears throat> gnarly is going to re-enter yeah. my lexicon. Gnarly
6: is a is a great word. There's a you just like the best finds from Found uh, magazine which I end up quoting back and forth with my friends all the time. The dare tape is is huge in, in, like, you know, just certain, entering certain phrases into my, my sitcom, too. How, Gnarly. How bro, often do you say, I
3: summon the power of all the gods?
6: I I say I summon the power of all the gods probably three times a week. <laughs> and, and and my friend, you know, my brother Peter, who's toured with me the last 10 years, he's a Seattle guy. Um, all, You know, any of my friends who have heard the tape, which is a lot of them because I've forced them to, um, and they've loved it, any of them, you know, get it when I say <laughs> uh I mean, I have gnarly or uh what are what are some of the other great ones? You know, I, I always talk about stuff that has to be registered with the FBI. Um, <laughs> what about, about I mean? wearing what about
3: wearing a T V for a hat? We haven't even gotten to that one yet.
6: Oh, oh yeah. And <laughs> and what's what's interesting as you exactly. There there's, there's, i mean, honestly there's like ninety nine phrases you could borrow from Derek because he has a gift for language, just like Mark Mark Borchardt we mentioned earlier from American Movie or any of these other just passionate dudes. Um, you know, he really uses language beautifully for for as rough and coarse as he is. I mean, I've never heard the F word. You know, there's there's all these like Harvey Keitel in, in the Martin Scorsese movies and all these guys kind of make an art of using the F word. But I, I think Derek's use of it is as beautiful, if not more beautiful than... Than any I've ever seen in, in film or, or elsewhere, and uh, and but what also is kind of, sneaks up on you, is how these sort of tender autobiographical tidbits that he drops in, to, you know, just here and there, he just sprinkles in these little things, and then and that's what makes your heart swell toward him, and you, you kind of realize this guy's not just a dream; he's 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 lived some. He's done some living, you know. He's done some hard living. And there's, there's a little bit coming up here in the third segment that just um, – it's just the tiniest thing that he just drops in there out of nowhere. But it it kind of really makes you realize that, you know, it gives you a little sense of, of Derek's journey.
3: All right. Well, let's listen to section number three. This involves um, some demonic lyric deconstruction and also a compromise regarding the money owed for the, the FBI-registered <laughs> bolt cutters – that were needed to get the boot <laughs> off of the car. uh Take a listen to this.
7: Hey, I want to ask you something, man. I don't mean to change the subject. Oh so no, but let's abruptly. go ahead. What? Um, what do I need to get by merciful fate to, to like get to Melissa? <laughs> introduced to that band?
5: Okay, real quick,
7: Melissa. Is that like the gnarly fucking? The insane. What was that song you were t- telling me about earlier?
5: Dude, they've got all kinds of songs, man.
7: Trip out on this song,
5: dude. The first song on Melissa tells you straight up what's up with the band, dude. I was born at the cemetery under the sign of the moon, dug up from my grave by the dead. I was made a mercenary in the legends of hell. Now I'm king of pain. I'm insane. And he's all, my only pleasure is to hear you cry. And then he's all, I love to hear you cry and i'd love to feel you die and when you're down below the ground i'll dig up your body again and make love to shame i'm really seriously deciding what i should do is that him yeah i'm really seriously deciding what i should do man he's telling me that I'll pay you for half of the money it costs for the bowl cutters because it's your fault because you got all the tickets. And I said, listen, dude, you're full of fucking shit. He goes, well, if you wouldn't have gotten the boot today, you would have gotten it some other time, and you can't hold me responsible. I said, that makes sense in your little fucked up mind. But reality is, if you wouldn't have parked in my spot, if you wouldn't have spent every dime you had on fucking crack, man, and you weren't all fucked up on heroin, man, you could have gotten up and moved your fucking car, and I wouldn't have got the boot today. You are responsible for me getting the boot, okay, period, man. And, you know, hey, dude, and he goes, well, what would happen if you had the boot and you got, you got the boot put on down downtown, who would you have blamed then? I go, I would have blamed me, man. But the point is, is you know you're responsible, man. And he goes, well, that's my offer I gi- I'm giving you, and that's all there is to it. I said, Terry, let me tell you something real quick, bro, real fucking quick. Luckily, I got the boot off my car. Okay? Because if my boot was still on my motherfucking car and I could not get it off and my car was gone and my life was ruined because of you and your fucking drug addiction, i put you in the motherfucking hospital. And if you don't think I can do it, man, bring your pussy fucking ass over here and you'll see how quick you'll wind up there. He's like, why don't you do it then? Why don't you fucking do it? I go, bro, bring it on, man. You come the fuck on over here, bro. I said, you know what, man? I said, all I'm asking for is the 20 bucks that I paid for those fucking bolt cutters, and you won't give it to me, man. And that's fucking bullshit, man. And he goes, he goes, well, it's not my fault you got all the tickets, man, you know? Yeah, that's true, but that ain't the
7: way that it is, dude. I mean, if, if you hadn't parked in my spot, I wouldn't have gotten the boot. It's as simple as that, man. Yeah, that's fucking simple, man. I mean, you know. That's just reality. That seems like, I mean, why is that hard to understand? You know, it's like, basically...
5: I'm I'm, So now I'm deciding, should I just beat him down? I just don't even know.
7: I don't know, man. I don't think fucking violence is the key to anything, you know?
5: I'm losing it, man. I mean, I thought the guy would be more than glad to pay me the 20 bucks,
7: you know? Well, maybe, you know, shit. Just cool out. Talk to the guy. He'll probably pay you the 20 bucks.
5: I just did talk to him, and he told me he he, he didn't feel he was responsible for... uh, for my parking tickets which is what he thinks is, is the reason why I got the boot you know which I guess in that you know sense yeah that's true you know I, I just tell the world if the whole world told me I was wrong I'd say that's fine but I would be I would probably kill Terry I would beat him so severely I would probably lock him in a closet and steal his car I
7: mean something really psychotic like that Do my advice to you is don't fucking drive until you go to work Friday seriously because if you get stopped in that car you're fucked. Gail, the owner of the house, told him not to
5: park there. The, the people across the street told him not to park there. You know, it's bullshit, man. you've
7: been your bro since second grade. Second though.
5: fucking grade, man.
7: Shit. And, you know, I don't care, Dude, man. sometimes I, that happens, you know. Like He says
5: he's going to give me ten bucks, man. Fuck that.
7: Yeah, fuck that.
5: Fuck that, man. You know, I'm thinking I'm just going to tell him, look, give me 20 or, or we're boxing, dude. Straight up. I mean, fuck, what's he going to think when he's, when he's wearing a TV for a fucking hat? you know? I mean, I, man, I, you know, it's, it, it could get, it could get really stupid, man. I mean, doesn't he realize that I got the boot on my car because of him? Doesn't he feel fucking responsible in some way?
7: Huh?
5: He's looking at it like, why well, I got all the tickets.
7: Well, yeah, it's true, but. I mean, it is
5: true. But I mean, how can I explain it to him? That that's not the point.
7: Sounds like Terry is a pretty selfish guy,
5: man. I don't know. Well, you know, he's never worked a day in his life. His parents have given him everything and, you know, he doesn't understand. He goes, yeah, man, he goes to me, yeah, I know what you're going through. This is last week when we got into an argument about something. I said, bro, you don't know shit. I said, I was out on the streets when I was 14 years old, suffering in a motherfucking alley while you were living in a fucking mansion north side Santa Monica. You will never understand what I'm going through, bro. He OD'd on fucking crack or some bullshit, had a heart attack or some bullshit like that. What did his parents do? Oh, sent him to the most expensive drug rehabilitation in the fuck, probably in California.
7: Now he's back.
5: You know, and, oh, yeah, well, no, he's, they sent him back to the same spot two more times. You know what would yeah. happen if I OD'd on a drug, which I have done before? You think my parents would give a fuck?
7: Which drug have you OD'd on?
5: Fuck, man, basically I fucking OD'd on PCP. Oh, At the Alice I'm Cooper talking. show, right? What? At that Alice Cooper no, show? No, that was LSD. I almost died. That was that was just from my head injury. I'm talking my dying from drugs alone. Dude, PCP's gnarly when you almost OD on that shit. What was it? What what happened? Scary, man. It's real scary. You feel your life slipping. There's no denying, man. You know. And I came out of it, man, very fortunately.
3: What was your reaction the first time that you heard this tape? I mean, did you just, like, totally freak out?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I remember driving through Texas at night with my brother. You know, we'd just been given this tape by a friend, Carlos in Houston, and and he said, you know, listen to this. And so <clears throat> we're driving through the night, and, and I, I just, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it was going. But I just thought, this is like, you could not write this. That, and it's, to me, it's the magic of anything that's in Found Magazine. You know, the notes and letters that we receive and have been publishing in the magazine and the found books for years, it, you know, have this, Peculiar magic, where it's like you just know that you're seeing deep inside another person's life, and they not, the notes and letters they can be novelistic in detail, and they just you know it's it's really that sensation of just you know looking deep inside another person's soul almost and and that's what was happening with this tape because just the level of detail and those you know just then when uh when Derek mentioned that he had been living on the streets since when he was age 14,
3: suffering oh, right. in, an, right. like in an alley. He's extra you know? He's extra resentful of this kid who stole his parking spot because he didn't have love shown to him when he was a kid. And this kid's had parents who have kind of funded his whole existence.
6: Yeah. And the that, that other kid says, Oh, I, I feel you, bro. I know what you're going through. He says, no, you don't. But, but you know, when you, these little details just sort of sprinkle down at un, in unexpected moments and, and they help create this fuller sense of who Derek really is, and and you know what kind of a guy is it that you know <laughs> would 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 kill somebody over you know parking in their spot or you know twenty dollars, <laughs> but you but you I, I I love Derek. How do you feel about Derek?
3: Oh man, I love him. He would be he would be one of my favorite friends. Um, yeah, I guess as long as I didn't cross him. But I mean, I love characters like this. I think of. <laughs> I think, Like I said, <clears throat> he reminds me so much of the older brothers, as I said at the top of the show, the older brothers of a lot of the dudes I grew up with, because I grew up in Seattle in the 80s and the 90s, and yeah. everybody, all my friends always had an older brother who was a rocker dude who had, like, a V-dub Sirocco that was always breaking down, and he was always, like, putting a different, like, stereo, like, subwoofer in the back that he traded somebody something for. There was always all these deals going down, you know what I mean? And then the people were pissed about the deals breaking down. Like, that's why this whole thing over this bolt cutters, this is totally a conversation that one of my older, one of my friend's older brothers would have been talking about as he smoked, you know, as he smoked a cigarette <laughs> or a joint, and was wearing his you know Ozzy Osbourne World Tour '88 uh, you know T shirt.
6: <laughs> and 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 how about Kurt? Because I feel like <laughs> Kurt is Kurt so weirdly sort of the like, voice
3: of reason.
6: Yeah, yeah. I love when he's, he's trying to calm him down. He's like, maybe you should just peace out. You know, like he basically doesn't want Derek to actually- to actually kill his roommate. He thinks it's a, he thinks it's reasonable that Derek's upset about you know the booth and getting you know the parking space and everything, but like you know, relax. But he's also kind of a gifted um, question asker in in terms of getting Derek to kind of kind of guide Derek through this mo- what's essentially a monologue. I feel like there's he has kind of a I don't know a radio interviewer's gift for just you know asking the, just the right questions to kind of keep Derek. Within the, within the, between the rails and just yeah. kind of, you know what, going with the head of, full you know what
3: he sounds like, even though it's funny because he's like a record store employee who loves the band Merciful Fate, he sounds like a therapist. He sounds exactly like my therapist when she's talking to me, like just mostly listening, but like you said, occasionally just guiding it back onto the rails and just like, but but really just mostly an ear for Derek to, 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 to shout into
6: absolutely that makes that makes perfect sense hey um, speaking well, of um i was oh, we well, just say as we go on um you know then they start to dig into the music a little bit more <laughs> you know and, and 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 that's interesting too because i don't i never knew about these bands i i was in the hip-hop at the same time period early late 80s early 90s i was, I was in the hip-hop but but i knew the metal kids they lived also in my neighborhood and. And but I just didn't understand at the time. Actually, now I'm really into metal, but it just I was like a late bloomer. But but hearing them dissect these lyrics and these bands is is kind of incredible.
3: Yeah, because I grew up in a Christian school, and the whole thing there was we had to watch this every year in Bible class. We had to watch this double video set called Hell's Bells that detailed it was was hosted by a guy you should watch this. it's on youtube it's pretty amazing it's it's hosted by this guy who claims to have been a rock and roll music engineer but then he turned his life over to the lord and they go through and they just break down all the lyrics of all these bands and how it's all satanic and back masked you know like and so i was i was like super afraid of satanic music when i was a kid like i didn't know if it was gonna actually possess me or what it was gonna do so i like when I like their bands like Slayer and Venom and, and I, like, you know, Merciful Fate, these bands to me were like, I wouldn't even listen to their music. A, I didn't love the music, but B, I was like afraid yeah. of the lyrics. So hearing these guys like these, there was a, there was a, two kids um, at my school named There was one kid named Ned Poole and his friend was Steve Simmons. And I shit you not, they looked <laughs> exactly like Beavis and Butthead. Like, they <laughs> were the human embodiment of Beavis and Butthead, and they were super yeah. into this kind of music, and I was so afraid of them. So hearing this guy break down all of these—as we're going to hear here, as, um, as Derek decides to give us a little lesson on the Necronomicon and, yes. <laughs> and, and some, like, satanic music lyrics, um, we're going we're gonna to take a little trip into Derek's mind. He's also, by the way, weirdly knowledgeable about this kind of, like, satanic imagery—
6: yeah, and it's funny because the touchstone, you know, for you, it was these scary kids. And for me, I, w- I went to community high school in Ann Arbor. And actually, like, a full third of our school was kids that were really into this kind of music. And, like, although a lot of them I had kind of grown up with and, like, played baseball. And then they'd kind of gotten into metal, grown out long hair, decided that they didn't like sports. But but I I, I knew these kids because I'd grown up with them. and I And I liked a lot of them. And I always felt like it was this world that I was curious about, but, yeah, a little afraid of, and a little intimidated by it. But I, I felt like guys I respected were into this. So I felt like it was just something that I was a little too young or naive to really be able to fully understand.
3: I find it interesting that you are now developing an appreciation for metal because it seems to me like it either you're either into that when you're a teenage kid and then you're maybe into it for your whole life or you're not. Like I was one of those not into it people, and it still holds very little appeal for me.
6: You know, it's it's funny, yeah. I I think it was what was my entry point. I I guess Metallica and Justice for All. Mm-hmm. That that album just kind of uh, you know it's it's a kind of an obvious one, and true metalheads probably like more obscure stuff, but that one I got really really into. Um, I, actually, I, I read the book. I got into it through a book. Johnny Get Johnny Got Your Gun, Johnny Get His Gun. Um uh, old classic book. And the Metallica video one includes um shots from the film Johnny Get Your Gun. And so I read Johnny Got Your Gun, I really liked it, and I was Googling around. I kinda of found Metallica. And um or, and, and there was also that the documentary um
3: Oh yeah, um the the,
6: the the great documentary Some about kind the ther- of the, the, the Metallica's therapist. Some kind of monster. Some kind of monster by monster, Joe yeah. Burlinger. And Bruce Tinasky, whose documentaries I really like, um, they did like all the Paradise Lost movies. Mm-hmm. And actually, now that I think about it, it was the Paradise Lost movies about the West Memphis Three, and that's what it really was. Yeah, and see those kids—it's pretty funny
3: because there's a connection in a way back to all of this because those West Memphis Three kids, well, at least um, yeah, at least the, um, the the leader, who's I can't believe I've interviewed him. I can't da- believe
6: uh, Damian Echols. Damien Echols.
3: Yep. Yeah, like Damien Echols would have probably been could have been pals with Derek, at least just in terms of like being into the same kind of like music with satanic lyrics, which of course was unfortunately part of what led all of those people in uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, way down the wrong road with them.
6: Exactly. Yeah. But it was guys like Damien who were the guys that went to my high school who were a couple years older than me, who I I felt like they were really smart and they had a lot of weird creative energy and they were really in the middle. And I just thought they were onto something that, it still took me another decade to discover.
3: All right. Well, let's discover the Necronomicon and some Merciful <laughs> Fate and Morbid Angel lyrics right here. This is more of the uh, Kurt and Derek tapes recorded in Seattle, Washington, back in the 90s by way of Found Magazine. Check this out. Morbid Angels
5: is conjuring up demons. They're totally out of Necronomicon, totally. For real? Oh, oh, yeah, for real, for real. Especially when you read the book and then you read their lyrics. They're, they are conjuring up those demons. Basically, they're taking spells out of that book, or they're taking demons out of that book and working it into a song that basically conjures up th- th- these demons. Holy shit. Oh, dude, it's way insane. That's gnarly.
7: Man. Dude, trip
5: out on this, dude. Just one second. Case in point, right? Case in point. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, dude. This is this is more of an angel, one of the ultimate bands of all time. Rise through the gate, off Okay, off is a serpent demon out of the Necronomicon that guards one of these gates. And one of the signs of, of uh, of the end, bro, of, of the apocalypse, is when Iksakoth breaks through the gate, right? Mm-hmm. So the first lyrics in the song is, rise through the gate, Iksakoth, from the depths beyond the sky, the realm of evil gods, painful they eat your mind, evil, undisguised, breathe in pain, blackened souls
4: remain,
5: ghouls who pray to the death of God. Yog sakoth evil one, that's another demon, come forth and taste the blood, infant entrails are hung upon the twisted cross, dude, these guys are out there, this is the insane, this is when I go, whoa, I read the book Necronomicon, and I was like, these guys are out there, churning sea of Absu. the sea of Absu is basically the, 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 um, the, the, the Sea of Absu is basically the vastness between the stars and between the planets, it's just that black nothingness out there. Yeah. Tiamat, Dark Serpent. Tiamat, man, is the, is is uh, it's a female demon. Basically, in the in the book, there's the ancient gods, which are kind of good gods, and there's and I mean the elder gods, which are good gods and the ancient ones, and even. Uh, the mad Arab, as crazy as that motherfucker is, he says, it is against all laws to worship the ancient ones. The elder gods are our friends, and we can use the ancient ones in certain spells, but it would be best to avoid them altogether because they are evil. And Tiamat is the, is the, is the one demon that's right below um, Cthulhu, who is the master of all. He's the sleeping giant, of all of the evil ancient ones, and they're going to rise up and fight the elder gods. It's gnarly. But anyway, churning sea of absu, place of weeping death, Tiamat, dark serpent, lord of the morbid priest. his way is not worthy of me. We choose to burn in the pits of hell. You ever seen those guys? Yeah, I saw them at the fucking, uh, I saw them at, the, uh, at the, uh, uh, the whiskey. How was it? Well, I was very disappointed, and I'll tell you why. Trey Zagthoff, who's the uh, lead guitarist who wrote most of the lyrics, was sick. So there was only three members there, bass player, singer, uh, guitarist. Trey Zagthoff's the lead guitarist. But basically, okay, Zagthoff is the insane demon. He's supposedly the blind, uh, uh, mad, uh, he, uh, in the book, the Necronomicon, he said, do not ever call upon a Zagthoff, because a Zagzoth is... Within a rage. He is, he, is, he is totally mad and uncontrollable. And I have never called upon this demon, nor will I ever. Well, this guy... Does uh, it tell you
7: how to call upon him?
5: Well, this is through the book. This is through the Necronomicon. So, now, Tr- this demon's name is Zagthoth, and that's what he chose as his last name. And then he said Trey. His name's Trey Zagthoth. His first name is Trey, which is three. So it's three Zagthoth, you know. Yeah. It's it's pure madness,
7: dude. You got to tell me again. How in the fuck do you think that the Grateful Dead are satanists?
5: I know they are. I don't think it. I know it. I think they're they're one of Satan's key tools. You got to remember that music is an extremely powerful tool that people don't realize. I mean, you'll hear a song on the radio that you don't even fucking like, but it sticks in your head all day, and it brainwashes you, and it, and it, your your soul ends up. Uh, you know, being affected. And uh, so so. bottom line is this Schreeder's Digest. I mean, there's a million things that I could, like, say. Put it this way, the blues for all of, Do you know that symbol, the blues for all Yeah. It's that violinist.
7: Mm-hmm. That's
5: a remake of a violinist called, uh, uh, oh, God, I remembered his name a long time ago. It's something with a P. Uh, Pagolino or something like Paganini. that. Paganini. Paganini. Yeah. And he was the first... Musician, He was the first known musician to openly sold his soul to the devil. He admitted it. And uh, have you heard about this guy?
7: Yeah, I've got sheet music by him.
5: Okay, yeah. He is the first musician to have openly sold his soul to the devil, to have made no bones about it. And he uh, he's the fastest man alive. Yes. And did you hear about the way that he died? There's thousands of people that saw him die, and they said it was amazing. Ghosts. He died during one of his performances. No way. Yeah, and ghosts came up out of the uh, out of the ground and carted him off, dude.
3: I have to say, Davy, when I was when I first found out about this uh, through the found, I guess maybe it was the found Facebook page or your Facebook page or something. I was mm-hmm. clicking, and as I realized there were five episodes, I was like, please let there be like. 25 episodes. I want desperately for you or someone else to find these guys in 2014 and like put them on the phone and just keep recording them. I know they'll, they're probably like, I know they're like 48 now. They have totally different like problems probably, but I just really, really want to hear these guys again.
6: I I am totally in agreement, a 1,000% agreement. And so if anybody listening out there has a lead for us. If you might know Kurt or Derek, you know help us out let's try to, let's try to find these guys and and uh, let's get them on the phone together they could They could talk about anything and uh, and and I think it would be just as
3: intriguing. I also want to know I, there are so many unanswered questions I want to know what what eventually happened to the roommate. You know, like if yeah. he if he if, yeah. he if he ended up wearing a TV for a hat or not, or if this just you know if he, <laughs> if, he, if he if he if he you know produced the twenty bucks and if they were friends for life, as Derek says at one point.
6: Did he cough up the ten bucks at least?
3: Yeah, and did Derek no, eventually so just had, go for the ten bucks? Did he just decide you know, hey, well, ten bucks is better than no bucks.
6: And and uh, did he uh, and and did he you know now twenty years later? I mean, how many times have they fought? You know are they are well they, that's the they thing. The you also wonder,
3: you also wonder if Derek is just like I mean Derek could be five foot two and just completely full of shit. He could just be one of those guys who's always talking about how he's gonna kick someone's ass, yeah, but like yeah. never does I, I, we just we I, don't know anything about him.
6: I felt like he was like like a six three bouncer. for some reason it was weird listening back i there's not much there there's there's a little bit of stuff that. For the original tape and we'll have to post the whole thing on the found magazine website at some point um, there's, there's not much that's missing but you know he uh, Kurt says a couple of times you know don't drive again before you work this Friday i I felt like either I imagined that Derek was the bouncer at a club and therefore indeed a pretty physically bruising guy uh-huh. but it, or maybe he maybe he alludes to it at some point working at the club working at the door at the club or something like that. I, it might just be my own imagination. Based well, on what, he did manage he to cut. Like,
3: I mean, he managed to cut a boot off of a car, which is like I didn't yeah. even think was humanly possible.
6: <laughs> exactly, forty-eight inch bolt cutters or not? Yeah, um, that's that's an, imp- an impressive feat. And what about the unsung hero of the whole story, which is his friend at U-Haul, yeah. who who, lo- who risked his own job to loan him the the bolt cutters. And and of course, yeah, yeah, he gets twenty bucks out of the deal, but. Still, he's, he's
3: looking out for his friend. Absolutely. And the fact that that scheme worked is just shocking to <laughs> yeah. me. I'm a person who's had the boot put on my car like a few times in my life. And it's like, once that thing goes on, you're like, you're like, there's no getting out of that thing unless you're, you're Derek, pre- you, you,
6: you really, d- depending, how, yeah, depending how old the car is, you, you, at, at some point, you do seriously consider do I want this car anymore? Right. Like, like do yeah. I just, do I just abandon the car at right. this point?
3: I have What's had I've, I've had cars like that that were there were so many parking tickets owed, and there were such hoopdees <laughs> that I was just like, okay, it's booted. <laughs> that means now it's somebody else's problem.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I that, that it never crossed my mind. And and what I what I want to hear is the actual, you know, as someone who likes sound and and I want to hear the actual sound. He, he describes it but you want to hear the actual sound from when the boot pops off <laughs> from the bowl cutter that that weird uncorking sound that sounds amazing
3: all right well listen let's 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 check out the last section here of this uh, epic phone call which has been um edited down for our listening pleasure by Davy Rothbard and the folks over at Quack Media also uh, found magazine which Davy is the co-founder of um this is a um in case you know you, today you were just were thinking am i going to hear the greatest guitar demonstrations in the history of rock and roll ranked. You are right now.
7: <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know, but you got to hear this page um, boot sound. Awesome. Tell me about it. I've got to hear it. <laughs> it's raging. Raging, endless Matt. I was there. Total tear, man.
5: Dude, it's one of the greatest displays in guitar in the history of rock and roll. I know, man. And I was there.
7: I didn't dose that night, but a lot of my friends were on acid that night. Oh,
5: I was flipping. I was
7: flipping on doses. Yeah. I
5: was out of control on acid.
7: <laughs> Dude, it was the insane, it was beyond words insane. All right, stack that against Robin Trower at the Coach House. Honestly? Yeah.
5: Honestly? Robin, here's what it is. I'll just tell you right now. Richie Blackmore put on the most insane guitar display that I probably will ever see. Canadian mm-hmm. Deform Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Pat Travers was backing him up. I doubt I will ever see anything close to that. David Gilmore, 83, his solo tour down in Irvine and also in 87 with Pink Floyd,
7: mm-hmm.
5: is second. So you can imagine how hard they went off. And uh, Paige is third. The all three, I caught them all three going off so fucking hard, man, that, But it's just my own personal style. Yeah. Blackmore took the cake, Gilly second, Page third, Trower fourth, dude. Trower, Trower had such insane power this night, dude, that I saw him. Dude, how could I really describe what I was seeing? It was power. Fucking, I would describe, like, robin trower as power just serious like one noting you to the ground with a fucking jackhammer just hitting these gnarly bending twisting notes screaming wah wah pedal just fucking blazing through your ears just wah, feedback just searing your fucking mind bro i mean dude trower was beyond words insane gilmore dude the only way I can describe Gilmore is this. Listen to Dogs. Listen to the solo on Dogs. You know the song? Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I'd imagine. Listen to that solo on Dogs and times it by like 10 or 20 and turn up the volume by like 50. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. To where he hits that... Wah, 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 wah. You know that one part that I'm talking about? Yeah. That, dude, he was flowing that shit, man. Doing loop-de-loops, man. I mean, just solos that came out of nowhere that you weren't even expecting. You know what I'm
7: saying?
5: (laughs) To where you're... Like, he'll be throwing you fucking loops and curveballs and screwballs and you'll be expecting this sound and he'll come off with some totally off-the-wall. Just this slow, teeth-grinding fucking face fucking... in his face was, like, so intense. I mean, his... Dude, his foot... Dude, I don't know if he moved his feet once, bro. I mean, to tell you the truth, honestly, he did. But he just stood there, and the look on his face, he was just, rah, just oh, dude. Just, fuck, man, I'll never forget. 83 on front
7: row, literally front row. Hey, Derek. Yeah. Fuck, I got to go to practice. Dude, right on, bro. I'll call you later. Okay. Bye. Later.
0: One thing that was really interesting to me about this clip is he had knowledge of a lot of indie bands traveling around the country listening to this tape. Mm-hmm. And like they had, somebody had cut it up and distributed it, uh, I don't know, it's CDs or or whatever. Oh, um yeah. and they're just popping it in and listening to it and just vibing on it and that tickled me for yeah. some reason. <laughs>
1: and it was funny like when i found out i don't know if you want me to say this now but when i found out like the on sunday i googled it to find out like where the origins were and i got the whole story like i had the whole situation
0: um so these people came forward eventually and said this is us
1: um yeah well yeah um okay so um there was an inter- interview with Sean Kelly so Sean Kelly was a member of a of a band with Kurt and the band was called tight bros from way back when, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like pause for laughter. Of course, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that apparently was a, a quote from Derek's tapes. And I don't, I didn't get that with any well, those of those were
2: edited down. The ones that we
1: got were oh, edited down by Davey. Right. So, um, this guy who interviewed him, Oliver was like, this guy has got to know all about, um, this situation. So, um, it was in Los Angeles, not Seattle in 1992. Mm -hmm. And Sean was in a band with Kurt. And so Kurt was the one that working a worked in a, um, record store. And Derek was a frequent customer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kurt apparently was a collector of the like weird, absurd. He would collect prank tapes and stuff. So he's the one who actually recorded this video. I mean, uh, recorded the audio.
0: This was 1992? Uh Uh-huh, 1992. It it feels like 1972. I know. I know. I I was imagining it it, like the time when I was a little kid or something, because these guys sound like my brother's friends.
1: Right, right. And so Kurt actually gave, because Kurt and Sean were in a band, Kurt gave Sean the tape and said like, hey, listen to this when you have a second. And so- uh, Sean listened to it, and he also passed it on to bands that were like punk bands that were sleeping on their floor in LA. Mm-hmm. Just the same kind of scenario that Debbie Rothbart mentioned. And like, here's something. Here's a little something to listen to you for, for you to listen to uh on the van on the rest of your tour. So Sean tracked down Kurt after 13 years of like realizing how this had like became public, so to speak. And Kurt was totally blown away, had no idea that this was going on. And he was actually in San Francisco at the time doing a job walking dogs. Oh, I like Um, that. Right. Moving up. And so um, they had talked about like making some money off of it in whatever way, but they never spoke spoke again. However, Mm. this is the best part of it. Um, The little gem that Kurt... um, left was that he recorded another short conversation with Derek that the world, I'm I'm reading this, the world has yet to hear in which Derek (laughs) muses on what he would say to God regarding his life. If he encountered him, if he encountered him in the afterlife, quote, well, comma, that sucked.
0: (laughs) That's it. Yep. That's it.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I got to break this down. So Derek, right? Derek is a braggart. Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: big yeah, time braggart. See?
0: But unlike most braggarts who like will claim that they are infallible and unbeatable and undefeated, he, a, a, bra- a true braggart would have said he was two hundred and no versus Terry. But
1: <laughs> he claims
0: what? no. He yeah. claims he's one hundred ninety seven right. and three. Right.
1: right. What are those odds? Like, what are the what what are the odds on that? How do you break? Do you divide? I don't know. I'm not good at the maths. But how do you divide like the odds of winning on huh. 200 versus three? Or that'd be three out of 200, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would.
0: How do you have 200 <laughs> physical fights with someone? Well, I
2: they've mean, known each other since second grade. second grade. There's
1: many years. So that's a
2: 1.5 percent fail rate. Oh, perfect.
0: Thanks, Meredith, <laughs> our mm-hmm. statistician. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I, I so wanted him to talk about the three, but <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe someday. Cause right. you know, when a guy's brags, like, Oh, I kicked his ass, I kicked his ass up and down the street. I did this. I did that. I'd like to hear, uh, w- <clears throat> when did Terry get the drop on you? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. What happened? Were you, Oh, the other, well, this might be involved. You know, when your friends can't keep straight your ODs, like when they can't, Keep straight how many times you OD'd and what OD was Alice Cooper or what you OD'd on PCP or was it L S D, you may have a problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he probably doesn't have a good memory. Yeah. Yeah. Like PCP was it somewhere, but then out L S D he overdosed Alice Cooper, but there was a head injury involved in that one. Like I I tuned out when they talked about the Necronomicon. Right. I I, I can't. I
0: I I, I I, yeah, no I'm, with, uh, I'm with Davey. I'm with Davy. I see a long future of myself making jokes about different things. I'm going to have to register with the FBI. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Mike. I, I I thought maybe you would know this. Is there any reason you'd have to register bolt cutters? Register the bolt cutters? FBI.
0: I meant to look it up. Um, I googled I tried
2: it. to look it up and I didn't find anything. I googled.
1: Do you have to
0: register? So did <laughs> I. I. Nothing. I'm doubtful.
1: Nothing. No.
0: Yeah. I'm doubtful because bull cutters, I mean, they can obviously be used to rob, you know, rob places. You can go into mm-hmm. the storage units or whatever, but uh, it's not like it's a gun, you know, it's just a tool. So yeah. I, I yeah. just don't see how you could outlaw the that, even though the, it can be used for ill.
2: The things that I found, you know, it was the, these kind of citizen websites that that are very l- full of legalese as if they know what they're talking about. And they said, you have to prove criminal intent, you know? Yeah. Otherwise it's fine. So, but that yeah. was criminal. What he was doing with those bolt cutters. That's true. sure.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start open carrying my bolt cutters. <laughs> <Yeah. moment>. It's <laughs> Just my sling right. Sling them
2: over, sling them over your shoulder, like skis.
1: Right. Oh, and by the way, Bike, have you seen anyone with, uh, weapons in we- Austin?
0: Yeah, you see people with weapons sometimes. Really, I've not yeah. seen I never in
2: Dallas.
1: Me neither.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, usually it's uh, TABC people though. Oh it's, no, but
1: I mean, like the open carry, like civilians with.
0: It, not no, I haven't seen a lot of that. Okay, uh, almost every business in Austin has put up the signs saying yeah. we don't want like, that yeah.
1: bullshit. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little worried about. I mean. We're getting off topic, but I'm sorry. I'm, um,
1: this is no, my, since y'all are
0: in Texas, I want to talk to, to you guys about this. <laughs> right. Um, the fact that they legalized guns in college classrooms oh, really, man. really got to me. And, and well, every professor you know what, at the UT is, is against it, but they still, it's still, you know, it's still Segment. in existence. They can do it.
2: What's what's even worse than that, which I didn't know there could be anything worse than that, is you can bring them into psychiatric hospitals. What? Yes, my mom's a psychiatric nurse and very anti-gun. She keeps track of this stuff.
0: Mm. Isn't that horrifying? Luckily, she's she's still in Michigan, though. She's in Michigan. Yeah. Right. She's not dealing with the weapons herself. (sighs) Anyway, back to the clip. (laughs) What else? What else about this uh, appeal to you, Ashley? Is oh this one gosh. that you archived?
1: Yes, it. Yes, it was. And um, I summon the power of all the gods is <laughs> what I want to do for my daily mantra. Uh, we all like need that's going to gonna be my meditation that. routine, which I don't I meditate, like, but
0: I will. I feel like that can be overused. Like if you're doing it True. every day, and then I start doing it, I mean, the gods are at one point just going to throw up their hands and say, "You got y'all need to handle this."
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Can't You're be summoning us. us every time you need. You know, you want to make sure that you <laughs> get right. a good cheeseburger at this restaurant. You know? But
1: like the Derekisms are like, the, they are ten that I have. Oh, here. they're never. Ending. Oh my gosh! So give me twenty or a boxing dude straight up. Like I want to say that to someone at work, like who's not expecting it right. at all, like. If you do something like you didn't make my copies right, which doesn't even happen in my real life, but like, give me twenty or a boxing dude, they'll be like, "What are you <laughs> talking about?" <laughs> and then I'll explain. Oh, have you watched the animations?
2: Yes, I was going to mention those. So we'll put oh. a link up to those. Um, somebody animated this several clips yeah. from these tapes, and they are hilarious. It, so this like, is the way oops, to watch the
0: bird them. style because I haven't. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So I've got a link in the show notes and we'll put it uh, on the episode. You have to go watch them. They are great.
1: Oh my gosh. Like I start, I stopped watching the actual episode from TBTL and just started watching the animation. Me too. Me too. Because they're amazing.
2: Yeah. And I think there's
1: five separate ones. Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, well, I'm going to need hat. to do that
0: later for sure. Because it's so good. The reason I was late to the recording tonight, I thought we were recording an hour later than than we actually are. But I was watching Downton Abbey, Emily and I were watching Downton Abbey and, um, so much crying. So I'm, I need to, I need to pull the nose up on my All emotions right. tonight. So I'll, right. I'll watch those videos tonight.
1: Oh, they'll, they'll do the trick for sure. And let me ask y'all about your opinion of heavy metal, heavy metal generally. And that link you sent sent, uh, Meredith from the Melissa, what was it? Yep. It's called
2: Evil. It's it's the first track off their album. Right. Um called Melissa and the band
1: is Merciful Merciful Fate. Spelled wrong. Merciful oh. Fate. <laughs> That's right. Cuz I remember putting it in the search engine and it corrected yep. corrected me. Yep. Um that is kind of lame like as far as like the heavy metal that I've heard recently, but heavy metal makes me nervous. Is anyone with me on this? It's like techno. It? it just, it, um, it doesn't, it, I I have a nervous reaction to that kind of music.
2: I don't like it. I don't own any, but I see the appeal. Like I understand mm-hmm. the feeling that you probably get if you like that kind of thing. Yeah, I can too. But it's certainly not for me. Oh, me. Yeah, neither. My,
0: my brother is a heavy metal guy, but not nearly to the degree One what are my better friends here in Austin? Um, kirsch he is totally into it goes to the concerts knows all the obscure bands you right. know like like knows the guys in the bands and the other night at work he had a sore neck because he'd gone to a concert the night before and done <laughs> you know the beavis and butthead head bob for three really hours. that still happens yes and he had oh his, my god it's
1: amazing <laughs> his girlfriend
0: had to bring him, bring him some uh drugs to, to Uh uh-uh.
1: uh-uh.
2: yeah uh-uh.
0: He wasn't gonna make it through the shift because his neck was so sore.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I've had concert-related injuries oh. mostly, mostly from ICP shows. Fago, yeah, but I understand <laughs> being crushed so, and, by four enormous men. Fago injuries in my eyes. Oh know. my goodness!
0: So, I, I, it's not for me heavy metal, but I see what Meredith's saying. Like, it's empowering to people. I think every, every kind of music That's that people really get into is empowering to them.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm with but, you, Mike. I don't really like music anymore. I'm old, <laughs> and I've decided once I turned 40, I just don't like music anymore. Just also all, podcasts loud. all the time. I'm just done. <laughs> I just listen to podcasts. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that. what I was going to say was, um, I Kirsch is a very intelligent guy, and I like him so much that it softened me toward the heavy metal. And he's also sent me some some music that wasn't entirely terrible. Um, the thing about uh, heavy metal musicianship is there's often very good musicianship in there and the, mm-hmm. the the guitar yeah. players are usually either uh classically trained um artists or complete morons mm-hmm. there is <laughs> no like regular intel you know no in between. there's yeah. no in between there's no just no, like normal dude who plays heavy metal guitar you're either really just a slack jawed yokel or or you you come <laughs> You know, you're (laughs) rebelling against your classical training, but it's right there. It's Mm -hmm. there. Huh? That's my theory anyway.
2: You know, I've got a few friends who are really into metal and they're super smart people that I have a lot of respect for. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, so there's got to be some complexity to it that I just don't get. There is.
0: There is. And and Kersh just pointed out some of it and sent me some songs. And they're not songs that I would ever, like, put on my, you know, put in my Mm -hmm. uh, library, but... But I can listen to them and go, Oh my God, there's there are two people in this band that are just working at an amazing right. level music wise. It's I hate it, but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty difficult and but complicated. It's admirable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Ooh. I can't listen to it. It makes me nervous. Can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it just the
2: intensity that's too much? Yeah, like
1: the the, the bass. Beat. that's so stupid for me to say that's not what it's called but like the, just the pounding yeah. whatnot mm-hmm. just makes me right. nervous and very i'm very thrusty i'm a nerve it's <laughs> very thrusty <laughs> yes and i'm like an andrew personality type like i'm mm-hmm. normally a nervous person I don't, I don't think i go to the extremes of andrew but um yeah i just uh, i don't want any part of it
2: you need something more soothing in your life yeah
1: absolutely yeah. not anything to up the game
0: Have have we made you feel relaxed tonight
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely. I was completely nervous, but now I'm good.
0: You yeah. know, the first, probably the first seven or eight guests that we had on the show, they would ask us in the chat beforehand. They say, "Is it alright if I drink?"
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't ask. Because, because I've been she, she I, I know. I think
0: it doesn't right. happen anymore. We don't get asked anymore. I think people just assume it's <laughs> yeah. fine.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, because I I assumed that we'd be like in a Google Hangout or something.
0: That's the way we used to do it until recently. So I'm like,
1: oh, well, they're going to see when I'm drinking. So that's weird. (laughs) Uh, We used
0: to
1: do that and
2: we would see each other for a second and then we'd turn it off because it sucks up so much bandwidth. Right. um, Oh, right. So we don't watch each other while we're recording. I kind of
0: miss seeing everyone, at least for a little bit, but this technology is working better for us. Yeah.
2: Show off the podcats and dogs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, oh, I used true. to get to see Ellie. That's that's what I miss. Oh,
1: I just I just before you before we connected, I was just listening to the last LRB a recap, and that was a great episode, y'all.
0: Oh, thanks. I, I'm, I'm not one. trying
1: to like boost your whatnot, but that was a good episode. That was really <laughs> great.
0: Well, we finally let Meredith talk a little bit. You know, it's, it's funnier when she's allowed. <laughs> yeah, to Bobby speak.
2: doesn't talk over me all the time now. That's <laughs> so funny.
0: It's good. It was really good. Y'all have anything else on this uh, clip, or should we uh, wrap it up and get out? I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Meredith, you should talk for a minute about uh, archiving. We're in the middle of a very, a very uh, intense right. drive right now.
2: Oh my goodness! Go look at the tens uh, Facebook page. Christy did a post about it. I'm still a little bit confused. But, but you,
1: but like, I went back to it. But you have to tell people, like, don't submit your whatnot. But well, they but even if you know? do, then we
2: get more money
1: like can can I submit my next week to yes. uh Christy, and she won't put it in for like you know what I mean like no, because oh. it goes in
2: when you put it in when you submit it,
1: and so but but who are the people that know when it's submitted? Do you know what I'm Christy. saying, like well, I know yes. Christy does, but the the caretakers, not the caretakers, Mike and the benefactors. the benefactors, well, <laughs> I think they have to trust in Christy, oh okay, then and that's Christy's fine, very
2: trustworthy I'll so. just.
1: Put into Christy and she won't she say it, but I did not buy didn't.
0: a new car though.
1: She did <laughs>
4: buy
0: a new car. And I don't have a new car.
1: I mean, because so. that's till March. That's a wait, no, March 1st. What is today? Th-
2: that's like a week. Oh, okay. So I can hold my then.
1: week. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: anyway, um, go look at the (laughs) the Historiotend's page for a description of this weird challenge that we're working with right now. (laughs) Um, But you should sign up for archiving. It's great. I do it. Ashley obviously does it. She's our gold star Historiotend. Love it. Um, That's how she found this episode. That's how I found my episode. Um, It's a really, really fun way to go back and look at TBTL history and help out the project at the same time because we really need a searchable database to answer questions like, where did this drop come from? What's up with the TBTL players? You know? I,
0: I think it just came to me. I think the, uh, Ken the spider Detroit came from, <gasps> uh, I, it was either a picture of it or it happened at the skating rink that oh. he had a spider, um, face paint.
1: Cause that's oh. what I, I was way after the fact that I didn't go back to the arc. Like, I don't think the the, the TBTL Northwest minor West had that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's in the skating episode. Thank you. Skate King, my childhood haunt.
2: Fantastic. So if we had a a searchable archive, we could go find that episode and double check Mm -hmm.
1: very easily.
0: We will soon. Awesome. Thanks to you guys. Not me at all. I'm I'm useless.
1: You suck at archiving. (laughs) But just own it.
0: I can barely pay attention to a regular conversation with my wife. There's no way I'm going to archive anything. Oh, this no. is
2: one project that Mike isn't taking all the credit for.
0: Not anymore. <laughs> I used to. It started feeling bad when Christy probably passed about the thousand hour mark of her participation. Right. It started feeling bad me taking any credit for yeah. it.
2: This is another good reason to archive. Christy is working so hard, you guys. Come yeah. on. Come on. Help her
1: out. She's amazing. Yes she's christy is my genevieve like christy has a genevieve and christy is my genevieve does that make sense explain like like christy loves genevieve like well if you don't know it then i don't want to like characterize it this way but christy has like a girl crush kind of on genevieve okay yeah. have yeah, yeah, you yeah. heard that before oh sure okay mm-hmm. so my girl crush is on christy oh yeah christy that. is my girl crush
0: for you could sure. Do worse. No wonder you like the recap this week. Christy was giggling from front to back.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Can I just interject this one thing? Christy's sure. like little giggles that go un you know noticed by probably most people are hilarious. Yes.
2: Like her, little I notice g- them
1: all. Oh my gosh, they're amazing! I love Christy. She's my
2: husband she's doesn't fantastic. listen to TVTL or really LRB. Like he'll listen, but he just wants to hear
1: Christy's giggle. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: So he's right there with you.
1: That's fantastic. Her giggles are hilarious. And I listened to her on the um Nerd Out Loud podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's Christy giggling again. She has a beautiful voice. Yeah, it's amazing. So she's well, my thank, girl crush. Christy is thank my girl you crush.
0: So much, Ashley, for coming on tonight. Um this was a, I was hoping eventually someone would unearth that clip. Uh <laughs> Because I just wanted to listen to it again, and I'm going to go watch those videos tonight. But uh, uh, Meredith, uh, how do people get involved?
2: Yes. You can go to our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit our Facebook page or the Stens page, or you can follow us on Twitter. Um, Our handles are uh, at Drew McFrizz. He's the sleeping giant of all the ancient evil ones. At Kissy Eyes is the first musician to have openly <laughs> sold her soul to the devil. At R.L. Pape was born at the cemetery under the sign of the moon. <laughs> at Dastronaut is wearing a TV for a fucking hat. Of course he is. At Meredith <laughs> Mahan loves to hear you cry and loves to feel you die.
0: Oh my Ashley
2: goodness. was made a mercenary in the legends of hell. So do you want to share your Twitter handle?
1: Sure. It's at Gilly Tweet, G-I-L-L-E-Y-T-W-E-E-T.
2: That's cute. Awesome. I like that. So follow her. <laughs> Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or a text at 802432 TBTL. That's 8024328285. And with that, Mike, why don't you get us out of here?
0: Well, thanks again, Ashley. And until uh next time, um, this is the next party, or how does that go? That's
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, we love you, Jen. Nailed
4: it.